And welcome back to Kid Men Talk. I am so glad that you are here, wherever here may be. That's the beauty of a podcast, because wherever you are, we get to spend a little bit of time together. We have a great topic today, a critical topic, an important topic, and one that I hope will encourage you and even challenge you. Today's podcast is sponsored by David C. Cook's The Gathering, an incredible conference offered in two locations with amazing worship and amazing speakers, and I really encourage you to take a look and check it out. Well, today we're going to be talking about how to get spiritually fit or stay spiritually fit because ministry is draining, it's exhausting, and it tears at us all the time. And we need to be intentional about keeping our spiritual life healthy. So sit back, take a break, grab a coffee or a snack or something, and listen with your heart as we talk Kidman. Well, I'm excited about this topic today because it's one that I'm passionate about and it's it's an area that I have had to really learn and grow in and so it's not just an objective topic for me. It's one that I have I have had to learn and I have had to make tough choices and I've had consequences in my own life when I have not kept spiritually fit, even when on the surface the ministry seemed to be flourishing and doing great because um, ministry is exhausting and um, I'd like to I'd like to you to picture yourself as a sponge, all right? You are a sponge, and when you uh, get squeezed out, man, you can just pour out on people, but there's a thing about a sponge, it's gotta be refilled, it's gotta get soaked again. And what happens too often in ministry is we become empty, dry sponges, and we're still trying to refresh and encourage and and equip and, and help other people and lead people to Christ, but the sponge of our own soul is getting empty. So today we're gonna talk about just three quick, easy things that you can do to be intentional, to keep that sponge just bursting and dripping so that the overflow of your own spiritual health is out of what... is what pours out of you to others. I really butchered that sentence, but you you can visualize what I am trying today. Today's podcast is sponsored by one opportunity that you could take to uh, refill the sponge. It's called The Gathering, and uh, I'm kind of new to even learning about this uh, amazing event. There are so many different conferences out there and so many opportunities to go away and get challenged and get trained and learn about new resources and things, but I got to spend a little time with Michelle Anthony um, at a recent conference about a month ago and uh, and learned from her firsthand kind of what makes uh, the gathering different because there are great speakers and there are breakouts and there are amazing ministry conversations. But one of the, the main goals of this event, and they intentionally keep it small and, and limit the size because they want it to be a refreshing, encouraging time where you get to worship and you're poured into and that you don't just leave with new ideas and, and resource ideas, but you leave refreshed and refilled. And so I was excited to learn about the gathering and delighted to help them get the word out about this incredible conference. You can just go to DCC, that's for David C. Cook, dccgathering.com, and you can learn more about it. Or I'll link it in the show notes today. So just another opportunity, another possibility of something you may want to just intentionally schedule into your life to just be refreshed around other people who are passionate about the same things that you're passionate about. They've got two locations. There's one in Costa Mesa, California, and another one in Chicago. And so hopefully you would not have to travel too far to be a part of one of these great events. Well, let's dive into this topic. 
How can you stay spiritually fit? There are so many analogies that we can use from our own healthy bodies, you know, the exercise that we need and the diet that we need and the rest that we need. Well, those things are true for our soul as well. And I know from from very personal, very painful uh, personal experience that when you don't stay spiritually fit, there's there's a cost to that. There, there, there's a cost to your family, to your marriage, to your to your ministry. Because when we are giving out of a of a dryness, even though we're doing good things and great things, we we can't sustain that for long. And eventually, there's going to be some kind of breakage. And everybody's breakage is different and unique to them. You know, I always hated the term burnout because people were always trying to give me good books about how to avoid burnout. I thought, I can't burn out, man. I, I'm doing what I, I love to do. And yet I, I did indeed eventually reach a point of brokenness. And I use the word brokenness because burnout to me sounds like just extreme exhaustion. And um, but, but, but I broke. I got to a point where I could no longer maintain my ministry, my marriage, my soul, and then everything around me just started to implode. And I had to take a dramatic break from the outgoing and the outflow and the giving in ministry to, to heal my own soul, to heal um, my marriage, and uh, and to kind of relearn a lot of things. I, I got in ministry as a, as a young boy. I was 10 years old. I got my call to ministry Immediately, my parents, through their coaching, I was doing ministry at church by 12. I was traveling and doing magic shows with gospel, with magic with a message, and, and other churches, and, and going on mission trips, and, and just loving ministry and having a great time. In fact, I used to believe an incredible lie. And that was, I used to say, you know, I'm so blessed because my occupation, my recreation, and my vocation, they're all the same. They're kids' ministry. But the reality is, while kids' ministry is fun, in fact, I honestly don't think there's another ministry in the church that's more fun than working with kids because they're just delightful and the things we get to do are just so fun. But it's it's an outflow. And, and I got to learn at that low point when I finally could no longer humanly keep up everything I was doing on my own and, and in my own strength, um, got weary. And, and when I when I visited a, a church, one of my friend's churches, the, the sermon title was Out of Control. Well, the series was. And they were going through all the buttons on a remote, and it was fantastic. And I talk about this in Leadership Lab number one in more detail, what all those buttons were. The stop was Sabbath, and the pause was reflection, and Rewind was dealing with the past, and Fast Forward was dealing with the future, and and I break those out a little more in that other training uh, tool that you could take advantage of. But the one that killed me was the play button, and I thought, yeah, children's ministry is great. I get to play all the time. But he defined play as not only recreation, but he used the word recreation, and he said we have to intentionally schedule and plan fiercely and defend it times of recreation in our life and I realized wow I had been doing a lot of playing I'd been having a lot of fun but I wasn't doing the things that recreate me and I'm going to talk a little bit later about an amazing thing that God uh, did and in, in my life and that impacts other lives and uh, in the area of recreation but I was not spiritually fit and I had to get spiritually fit so we're going to just, you know, I love acronyms. I got an acronym for acronym. You've all heard it before, a crazy riddle of nuggets yielding meaning. So we're going to walk through just the word fit, just three letters, three concepts, three ideas that you need to take to heart to stay spiritually 
fit. And the first one, the F, is an obvious one, and it's fellowship. Now, we fellowship all the time, right? Because we're at church all the time, and we're eating donuts and drinking coffee, and we're going, going to socials. But just being around other Christians is not necessarily fellowship. Fellowship, biblical, spiritual fellowship is a mutual feeding of each other and a strengthening of each other. I love Ecclesiastes 4, 12, where it says, the one may be overpowered, and I know I got overpowered, two can defend themselves. In fact, it says a cord of three strands is not easily broken. You need some ministry friends, and they may even need to be outside of your ministry. Shock and awe. You know, your church may not be the most refreshing place. It may not be the most healing fellowship because you're you're always trying to pour out to others and encourage others. You're always trying to be careful of, of what you say and you know you don't want to offend and you want to, you know, be a good example and all this. And sometimes that can result in not being is genuine. Not that you're dishonest or disingenuine, but you don't have that freedom to just be vulnerable, to be real, and to be you, and just to relax. And you might need to find that somewhere else. Over the years, I've benefited from just starting just a guy's hangout at my house where once a month or final Friday, it's always been a little different, where I just invite some guys to come over. A lot of times, they're not even children's ministry people. In fact, the one I was a part of for over a year, none of the guys they didn't even get kids ministry or they didn't even know what kidology was because these were just brothers in Christ. And my whole, you know, my career and my life passion and my work really was irrelevant in that context. And so we would get together regularly. We would spend some time praying. We didn't even do an, an agenda like a Bible study. Because again, that's ministry. Because then I'm going to get into teaching mode. And they're going to be pulling from my Bible theology major. And they're going to be asking me the tough Bible questions. And it's like, no, this isn't another small group um, with an intentionality thing that I'm leading. This is just get together what's going on in your lives praying for each other. We did end up digging into the Bible because we'd end up wrestling with things or talking about things that we were talking to other people about and and, and stumped and, you know, how, how can I answer this person? And it was fabulous. And then one of the things that we did that I came up with that I, I think was kind of cool, very simple, was what we call our three W's, all right? And it was just something we did. We would go around each guy and we would share how we're doing on the three W's of our life. And we'd actually kind of rate them from one to ten. And it was just kind of a, a safe environment. The first W is your walk. We just say, how's your walk with God? You know, how, how you doing? Is there any sin you need to confess um, in the group here for accountability? Or And they would just share their personal struggles, things they were angry with God about or impatient or things they were praying about. And then and they might say, you know, no one ever said I'm a 10 with God. You know, they might say, you know, and I'm... I'm really feeling like a four right now. God just doesn't feel close, you know, and here's what's going on. Or some, you know, it's okay to say, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm an eight, man. I'm doing all right. It could always be better, but, you know, I'm having a great time with God right now. My walk, my walk's good. You know, I've, I've, I've been uh, developing some disciplines of time in the word and time in prayer and stuff like that. And uh, and we'd even get into decimal points. It'd be fun. A guy'd be like, ah, I'm kind of at a 6.3, you know, six feels too low, but I don't feel like I'm quite a seven and I'm probably closer to six. So, you know, I'm a 6.3, you know, and I kept a little journal. Um, and I, as I prayed, as we, you know, I just wrote these guys down, put the little number and it gave me what to pray about. The second W was their wife. And, and, you know, I, it's just because we were all married, but that's family. But you know, you got a alliteration. You got to start things with the same letter. So we'd say, How, how's your wife? But that, that included your family and, and how's, how's it going with your kids? Or it can be girlfriend or it can be boyfriend, you know, it can, well, 
wouldn't be boyfriend because we were just meeting with guys. So I'm going to get some flack for that comment. But it could just be whoever you're in relationship with, whoever your family is. I mean, it, it could be parents. You know, it could be grandparents. It could be anybody. All right. And we just say, how's it going? And they might say, man, I blew it this week. I, I did this and we had a big fight and whatever. And we talked through it and and, uh, and and we would just focus on that. And then the third one was work. And we made work third because men especially are guilty of making work their identity. You know, that's one of the first things we ask a guy when we meet, hey, what do you do for a living, you know? And uh, and so we made work third. And then how's it going? And they just share their struggles at work because often at work, you can't complain. You know, you don't want to lose your job or jeopardize a raise or something. And, and that's true even for those in ministry. Work may be a place that you can't exactly tell your pastor, man, I'm really struggling to hold it all together. And he's like, oh, really? Maybe we need to get a new children's pastor, you know? And so it gives you a safe place to talk about your your work. And so we would just go through those, walk, wife, and work. And that, of course, wife included uh, family or whoever the significant relationships were in their life. But that fellowship is so important. I recently started a secret, closed, top secret Facebook group just for Kidman guys in Colorado. If you're listening to this and you're a guy in ministry and you're in Colorado, let me know and uh, and I'll add you in that. And I started that just because I needed fellowship with guys from other churches. And we just had a gathering uh, yesterday and uh, we just met at a Red Robin. A couple guys showed up. A few other guys were planning to come and didn't make it, you know, because um, of conflicts and stuff. But it was just like, you know, I need to meet with other guys. I need to have that fellowship and ask, how can I pray for you? And here's how you can pray for me and uh, and and hear about their family and, and really just foster friendships and it's important. And you, you can initiate that. It doesn't have to be something official. It can just be calling up another children's pastor friend of yours and saying, hey, can, can you want to go out for a Starbucks? And let's just let's just touch base, see how we're doing, how we can pray for each other. But you need that fellowship because by yourself, you can be overpowered, but two can defend themselves. And a cord of three is not easily broken. And that that is wisdom from the, the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon. And so take that to heart and ask yourself, who are my ministry buddies? Who are my, I got texting buddies. I mean, I got friends that I just like to just text. And, um, and I get, I got a text just this morning from a friend just saying, how can I pray for you? And I, I shared something with him through text and just, just even having a texting ministry, having a top, uh, top few friends that you just text regularly with words of encouragement. And if you don't know what to say and you don't want to get all spiritual, I'll teach you a little secret. It's called Siri Roulette. If you got an iPhone, you got to learn what Siri Roulette is because uh, it is awesome. You know how Siri will you know dictate whatever you're saying. Well, I'm going to do a Siri Roulette right now. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to hit uh, my friend Stanley here, and uh, I'm going to hit the little microphone, and you just talk gibberish. And then you're done. And then you listen to what she translated. So she just thinks I said, could you, kabuki, could you move to Bahamaluki, booty boo boo, but reachable, and then you're done. I, I hadn't hit the, uh, the the end yet when I said Andrew Dunn. So I'm just going to send that to Stanley. Now what that does is that lets Stanley know I just thought about him. You know, and I just wanted to send him a nudge, and it's silly nonsense. And every now and then, out of the blue, I just get nonsense. Josh Denhart, the Kidman Science guy, uh, he taught me that, and so he's another one of my Siri Roulette friends. But just find fun ways like that to create some 
uh, friendships, to foster them, be intentional about it, and it will help keep you spiritually fit. The next one is the letter I, and that is simply input, right? You're a sponge. You're outputting all the time. So you've got to take an honest, hard look at what is your input. What are you pouring into yourself, all right? You know, what are you reading that isn't just a leadership book, but that is feeding your soul, all right? What devotional books are you using? I, I don't, I can't stick to one book. I'm all over the place. I have like eight devotional books in my little quiet time spot. And I grab a different one each day. In fact, I, I do the online uh, version devotionals too, and my, my friends on there probably think I'm backsliding because they probably get notifications like once every two weeks or more that I that I did that one because I switch around. because And I, I always wonder what goes out on that thing because I have some friends on there and I'm seeing every day, Todd just read this, you know, and Barry just read this, you know. And I'm like, oh, they must think I'm not reading my Bible. But I love it. And like Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest is my favorite. And uh, I've done that year after year, but I don't do it every day. Or if I go, looks familiar or whatever, then I'll, I'll grab another book. I have some that I've had since Bible college that are out of print, but they're really good. So what are you reading? You know, what are you listening to? Do you have a Pandora channel that's just loaded with worship? I got a Newsboys channel. That's that's my favorite worship channel, all right? And, um, and so you got to look at what are you feeding into your life because you've got to balance the input and the output in your life. If you're putting out more than you are receiving, then you have a negative trajectory, and eventually it's going to result in some kind of brokenness. And, and so you've got to make sure that you're, you're inputting actually more than you're giving out. That sounds selfish, right? But you can only give out of excess. Otherwise, it becomes effort that you're giving out of the flesh and not out of Holy Spirit empowered and infused and filled energy. And so take a hard look at your input and say, when's the last time I read a book that was just to feed my soul, not to make me a better leader or more effective or all that. The last one is time away, all right? You've got to walk away from the ministry. The ministry can kill you. In fact, I, I got a post years ago that people have said it was transformative. Put on my blog and now it's on Kidology somewhere. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. It's basically saying no to the church. The church will kill you. It will drain you. It will squeeze you until it's trying to just get the last drop from you and then it'll keep squeezing. And you you need to learn to walk away. You need to learn to get time away. You need to use those day offs. If you're at a church that offers you a day away, you got to take it. I had a pastor years ago who offered us a day away, you know, on a work day just to go spend some time praying and refreshing. And I never did it because I didn't need it. And um, I mean, I did it occasionally, but I didn't make it a discipline. To, to walk away from ministry. It can be as simple as going out to lunch, taking a walk around your church building to calm down or diffuse, but it needs to be even better than that. And back when I was sitting uh, in that church at a, at a low, broken part of my life, and, and this pastor, Jeff, was preaching on out of control and recreation, you know, he said, you need to intentionally plan something in your life that will recreate you. And uh, I almost sarcastically, you know, turned to my wife. And uh, we had had a sabbatical a couple years before, and we had gone to Yosemite, and I love Yosemite National Park, and it had a huge impact on me as a child. I was actually nervous to go back as an adult because I thought it might, 
you know, not really be as great as I'd remembered. Maybe my childhood size and perspective had had uh, inflated it, and actually it blew me away all over again. Um, but we spent about uh, three or four days there as part of our sabbatical. It was kind of a tease. So I turned to my wife as the pastor was giving this challenge, and I said, I would, to be re- recreated, man, I would need to go to Yosemite for a week and just take, you know, some worship music and my Bible and my camera. I worship through my lens and um, and just spend some time hiking and, and with God. And, and my wife's concern was if I went alone, you know, I'd probably be taking some picture of you know, over a cliff or something and, and never be heard from again. So she, so she said, yeah, you can do that. I'd love if you did that. Um, I didn't do it right away because I, I had a six-week-old baby and life was in a lot of six months uh, old baby and life was in transition. But I couldn't get this out of my heart. And so I began then after a couple of years of just gnawing at me, asking friends, hey, would you want to go with me to Yosemite, you know? And boy, but there's there's the cost and there's vacation time and there's time away from family. And, and ironically, one friend, and I honestly don't remember who it was because I was talking to so many friends, but he made a joke. He said, well, Carl, if you could make it a conference, you know, maybe my church would pay for it. I could get the time off without using vacation time. And, and so we conspired on the phone. Now, this was all just in fun, but we were conspiring. Oh, yeah, what if we make it a, a fake conference, you know, and, and we come up with a conference name and, and a website and even make a brochure that you could give to your senior pastor, you know, that would kind of dupe him into thinking you were going to a conference when we were just going to go to Yosemite and, and hide you know but the more um i prayed about it i kept thinking that's an incredible idea not the deception part but just the uh making it something official but be honest about it not not deceptive and so that's when i came up with uh, yosemite summit and it's called the unconference for children's ministry so it's right up front this isn't really a conference and then the tagline is there's no resources just relationships no workshops just god working and and no Let's see, it's no resources, just relationships. See, I should be reading this from the website, but no workshops, just God working, no resources, just relationships, and no networking, just God working. There, I got it in. Those are the three things you normally go to conferences for. And so I took that step of faith. I rented the lodge. It's over two grand. I had to put that money down myself and um, and just put out the feelers. Hey, would anyone else like to do this with me? Does anybody else have that need to get away, to unplug, and that first year, I had nine guys, including myself. Eight guys joined me. And this year, I'm leaving um, end of next week. I'm going for the eighth annual Yosemite Summit. Three guys on the summit are, are veterans coming back um, to go again. And uh, every year, there's been at least one or two guys. I have one guy that's gone four years, Tom Bump, all right? You guys all might know Tom Bump from, from his podcast show uh, on the Kids Ministry Collective. And um, several other friends have gone two or three years. Years. And uh, I think this year I've got a guy who's uh, I think he's racing with Tom because this will be his third, and maybe next year he'll he'll tie Tom. Uh, well, Tom has said he might come next year, so he may be going for five. But they they come back because it's so transformative. I mean, there's no computers allowed on this trip, no phones. We take our smartphones, we delete uh, Facebook, we delete Twitter, we we turn off our email accounts. It's a complete unplugging from ministry. My staff know they're not going to hear from me for that entire week. And it goes even further than just stepping away from our ministry. We don't even talk about ministry and shop talk and all that. The first drive down there's four hours. Everyone's, hey, what curriculum do you use and all that? But by the time we get to somebody and we have our first night in the lodge, we ban all that. We say, we're not here to get a great ministry idea. We're not praying about 
a new vision for our ministry. In fact, I, I, I gently and, pol- and politely and implore them, don't even pray about your ministry. <gasps> that sounds so horrible. But pray, just fellowship with God. Pray for your wife. Pray for your kids. All right, work, work on your soul because the best thing for your ministry is sometimes not another resource or another idea or another vision for a new thing that you could be doing, but you need to learn how to be and just to get away. Now, guys, you can come to Yosemite Summit, but I can only take a handful of guys each year, but you don't need Yosemite Summit. You can create your own. The idea of hiking to you might be, you know, like you'd rather just get your fingernails pulled out. You just, you're not an outdoor person, whatever. That's fine. So the question is, what will recreate you? What will enable you to be refilled? All right, I get a lot of ladies asking us, "Hey, how come you don't do one for for women?" And and uh, I would love to offer one of these for women. I need a woman to lead it. And we had a woman for several years who led one called Unbridled, and they stayed in a nice hotel, and they had a horse ranch, and they did horseback riding. And um, the situation in in her life changed, and so we don't we don't have the Unbridled anymore. But if there's a gal out there who says, "Man, I would love to lead something like this," talk to me because we would love to offer. Also offer something like this for ladies. Obviously, I can't do that. I would need a woman to lead that. But uh, you can find a way in your own life. That's the challenge. To think of what would recreate you and then intentionally and fiercely schedule it into your life. It won't happen accidentally. It would have to be intentional. All right. Um, good things don't happen accidentally. All right. They have to be planned. I tell you what, I never have time for Yosemite Summit. It's, you know, we're, we're going through some stuff right now with Kidology where we're doing some infrastructure and rebuilding our website and, and I've had some staff changes and, you know, every year there's something that's like, oh man, this is a terrible time. But you know what? It, there's never a good time to get away. There's never a good time to unplug. So you just have to schedule it. And when that day comes, I just go. And you know what? The world survives without me. My ministry survives without me. You know, my family, that's sure it's rough, but they, they survive without me. And um, and I come back refreshed and renewed and recharged and and with a healthier walk with God, which is the which is the linchpin to everything, is your walk with God. So I challenge you, take some time, even get away today, go for a walk, go for a drive. And ask God, what would recreate me? And then you schedule it. You get the calendar out and you schedule it. You might have to work with your boss to get that time. But say, I want to be healthy for you. I want to be healthy for the ministry. And to be healthy, I need this. Maybe it's just going to something like the gathering. Maybe it's uh, there's another conference. It doesn't have to even be a children's ministry conference, right? Maybe you need to go to a marriage conference with your spouse. But think of what would refill you and recharge you and do it. And it doesn't have to be overtly spiritual, all right? It just needs to be that which will refill you, recharge you, and rejuvenate you. There's a lot of rewords that we could use here to recreate you. And I challenge you to do it. And I would love to hear in the show notes and the forum discussion there, I'd love for you to post some things that you do to be recreated because I know there's a variety of things out there and I'd love if you would share those, you could also encourage or give someone else an idea of how they could be recreated. So the sponge fills up to dripping again and so that others can benefit from the overflow and the outflow of what God has done in your own heart and in your own mind. So stay spiritually fed. Be intentional about real fellowship 
that strengthens you and refills you. And ask yourself about input. What am I inputting into my life? Because that I've got to balance my output with input. And so whether it's putting a new channel on Pandora or picking up a new book um, or Christian radio when you're driving or podcast, whatever it is, be intentional about it. And then say, you, I got to get time away. I hear children's pastors say, well, I don't have time for vacation. Yes, you do. If you don't have time for vacation, it's because you have a overdeveloped sense of of your need or your importance to your ministry. And your ministry actually can go on without you. And it'll actually be better without you because of what happens during that time away. So be intentional. Find fellowship. Evaluate your input. And schedule some time away. Do it today. Get your calendar out and schedule some time away. Do it. Pause the podcast if you have to. All right. And schedule it. Maybe you'll have to reschedule it. Maybe there'll be a conflict layer. But then you'll be moving it on the calendar. All right, and but it'll still exist because you may have to move it, but it's got to be scheduled. Will you do that? Will you schedule that time away? Great, because I want you to be spiritually fit. Because I have learned I've got to do these things for me to stay spiritually fit, to be the best I can be for the kids and volunteers I minister to, and even even for you in kidology. Well, that's it for the 79th Kid Men Talk. Isn't that amazing? 79. And remember, you can shape the show. Uh, often I will talk about the things that you're wanting help with. So email me, carl at kidmentalk.com, Twitter, at kidmentalker, at kidologist, and I will reply, and I would be so encouraged to hear from you. Thanks again. Until next time, this is Carl on Kid Men Talk. Talk.